1: miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the
2: Eagle Hour. Well, I wish you could see him, ladies and gentlemen. He's decked out from head to toe in Cincinnati Bengal apparel after the Bengals have actually won their third game. Got on uh, Ray-Bans, staring up in the sky, arms folded. It uh, almost looks like a Greek figure from the past. It's Kelly Sanders celebrating that, and we'll be talking more about that uh, later in the show. Happy Friday to you. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us on the Super Talk Radio Network this afternoon or wherever you're listening online. We're glad to have you on board. Jeremy McLean, the Athletics Director of the University, just about to join us real quickly. Let me remind you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit and how they support Southern Miss sports and, of course, the Eagle Hour It's a great place to enjoy a good meal with your family, a great place to call next week and have them cater. Your tailgating event for homecoming, Eagle Hour, with a two-hour special uh, next Friday from Midtown and Hattiesburg as we all get ready to celebrate homecoming uh, for this year. All right, Jeremy McLean, Athletics Director, very gracious as always about giving us his time and coming on the show. Jeremy, thanks for spending your Friday afternoon with us.
0: You bet, guys. Appreciate the opportunity.
2: Okay, I'm going to get right to it, Jeremy, uh, and, and you know, you knew when, when you agreed to do the interview, we'd be asking you about this. The, uh, the interweb is full of rumors. Uh, one that cons- consistently comes up is that Southern Miss and Marshall are in discussions to move to the Sun Belt Conference. Can you tell us if any discussions have taken place with you or will take place with you regarding any, any potential conference move?
0: Well, let me first say that the internet and message boards and social media are a very, very interesting place, at least, <laughs> at least especially the last uh, few weeks. Right. So I think things tend to take on a life of their own, right? You, you you say things enough and they become, it kind of feels like all of a sudden it's it's imminent. And uh, that isn't always the case. I can't go into great detail, but, but we'll, I will tell you this. We are, you know, I think when these things happen, when they're shifting in movement within conferences and people there's a lot of hand wringing and people get anxious and and uh you know and especially us right our mm-hmm. folks and what we've kind of experienced in the past and i think that's i think that's natural uh, you know what i can tell you is you know we're going to we're going to have the right conversations and and you know we we have or will or 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 you know plan on having all the right conversations and so uh i want people to understand that that you know we 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 we, we know the game. We understand what's at stake. We know what needs to happen. And so there are a lot of conversations that take place across the country. You know, we're talking to our conference members. We're talking to people across the country about what's happening, about what this looks like. And so the interesting thing about being, you know, at an institution when this happens is you've got – you want to do everything you can to, as a conference, strengthen your position, put yourself in the right spot. But your ultimate – you know, your ultimate responsibility lies with your institution. So you have to do what's best for your institution, you know, and and, and make sure that that is where most of your energy is spent, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to put ourselves in the best position possible. Uh, we're going to have the right conversations, and at the end of the day, uh, the opportunities that are there, whether it's making a change, not making a change, whether things look different or they look very similar, uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have exhausted – every opportunity we needed to exhaust and had all the right
2: conversations. Kind of a two-part follow-up. So from yep. from what you're saying, it appears to me that if you haven't been, you are open to having any discussions that might benefit Southern Miss.
0: I, I will always have the discussions that are going to benefit Southern Miss. And, and, you know, again, people may have different opinions on what that looks like, and I respect that. Uh, but we're always going to have the right discussions. We're never going to shy away from that. We're not going to sit on our hands. We're going to make sure we have all the right discussions to put Southern Miss in the best position possible.
2: Jeremy, you know a lot about the Sun Belt Conference, and, and, and those of us on this show, we watch that conference closely, and we've seen an evolution, at least in our eyes, for that conference in the last couple of years. Where, where do you think the Sun Belt Conference stands now in, in the pecking order, so to speak?
0: Well, I mean, I think the results, kind of speak for themselves in a lot of ways, right? I mean, especially when it comes to football because that's what kind of gets the most eyeballs, uh, you know. And I, and I think the Sun Belt, especially over the last three or four years, have done a great job of kind of being in that middle of the pack with a group of five, you know, finishing third or fourth. And, and, and um, you know, so I, I think the results speak for themselves from that standpoint. Yes, I was in the conference for four years and kind of was part of that growth opportunity, not only with our institution there at Troy, but, uh, with the conference as a whole, some key decisions that were made. And I think, uh, you know, a combination of uh, making the right decisions, being in the right place at the right time, hiring some quality coaches, I think all those things, you know, are part of that formula. But I think they've done a great job of, of, of elevating, especially, um, you know, their football brand. And, and, again, I think the results on the field speak for themselves. I think they've had four, four different institutions ranked in the top 25 in the past four or five years. So right. I think that says a lot.
1: Jeremy, this is uh, this is Kelly Sander. You know, there's always those cynical uh, fans of any institution, not just Southern Miss. Yeah. But when the discussion comes up of another potential conference, or just any conference, whatsoever, when you when you have or would have these discussions. What do you sell these conferences on Southern Miss? Because you hear these cynical fans, well, it's, Hattiesburg's not an easy place to get to. You know, they don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of endowment compared to a lot of these other schools, so on and so forth. So how do you, and so people will say, why would another conference want Southern Miss? Those are cynical people, I understand, yeah. but what do you sell in particular about the Southern Miss athletic program?
0: Well, I think there's a lot, a lot to be proud of, Kelly, and I won't frame it as selling, but you know, I think as we talk about our institution, there's a lot of things to be proud of, but I think the thing that people sometimes miss, um, and I'm a firm believer in this, I think, I think the greatest indicator of future opportunities is your past success. And, and, and I'm going to slow down and let everybody think about that for a second. I think what you've done in the past and the success you've been able to generate as a program doesn't just go away, right? It doesn't just disappear. The things that made us who we are, Uh, are still there. And and so I think uh, that says for us that we have the opportunity to be highly successful in multiple sports um, no matter what conference we're in. And we've got to do things to fix issues that have plagued us for the past decade, and we're headed in that direction. And so for us, I think there's a lot of things to tell, but I think the main thing is we're not new to this. We're not trying to figure this out. Our, our, Our history of success should say to people here's what we're capable of
1: you also hear people critical generally about leadership at the top of in particular conference usa but i always point out well judy mcleod answers to somebody um so if if there is however you would describe the leadership style where where does that buck stop who do indeed the commissioners answer to
0: well, the commissioner of any conference uh, really answers to the presidents of the institutions, right? And so that—that's the dynamic. I think they—they they are the ones who are the ultimate decision makers. That's your board, so to speak. If you think of this as an organization or or a corporation, um, the presidents of the universities are always going to be the ones that are that are make up the board, and the commissioner uh, hand, carries out the day to day duties and activities. And so that's kind of the structure, if you will. And and yeah, so it's not on one person to say, and let me tell you, I've been in a lot of conferences, people get frustrated with commissioners no matter where you're at. <laughs> and that's just kind of part of the, just like people get frustrated with ADs, right? We have to make decisions, and we don't always get them right, or people disagree with them. But, but at the end of the day, to your answer your question, that, that reporting structure is is one that where the president's uh, serve as the board. And, and um, you know, I, I, think, I think from the standpoint of, you know, people being kind of disenfranchised dis- dis- with, leadership, whether it be at a conference level or an institutional level, I think, I think there's always more to that than than, um, than what uh, the average person who's not plugged into it gets to see, unfortunately. And so uh, I think opinions get formed sometimes that aren't
1: 100% accurate. But, but is it reasonable to say, then, that that if there is no movement in Conference USA as far as leadership goes, that the presidents of the institutions are generally pleased with what's going
0: well i won't i won't speak for anybody i'm not going to go down that path um but i i think you know to your point i think that's that's the process right the the president's evaluate commissioners and and uh, i think that's the same in every conference. so so yeah again i'm not going to speak for people whether they're pleased or whether you know what's on their mind i, I won't go down that path but but uh, you know ultimately that that lies in their hands yeah
2: all right, 30 seconds left, Jeremy, in this segment. If you can, we'd love to hold you over. You We're going to move on past this in the next segment. But one last question. Is there a time frame for all of these rumors? In other words, is there a time frame uh, that you could describe where, where fans will know if Southern Miss is making a change or if not?
0: Uh, you know, Bobby, that, that's part of the the, the fun and the anxiousness, right, not knowing what the time frame is. And, and, uh you know, I say that a little bit jokingly. We, we, I think there are dominoes that will have to fall before people throughout the country make decisions, and so it's hard to say whether that's uh, a week or whether it's two months. Uh, I do think there will be movement and decisions made by the end of the calendar year, um, but I don't, I don't know that it's by the end of, you know, end of next week. So, right. so there's a there's a time frame in there probably where there's going to be some action.
2: All right, Jeremy, we really appreciate uh, your yeah. openness about all this. When we come back, we're we'll going to talk to Jeremy about future football scheduling. Got some kind of surprising news, I think, and uh, and some news about the Golden Eagles stepping up to the plate and taking on all comers. More with Jeremy McLean right after this.
1: Southern Miss to the top.
2: Hey, welcome back. On a Friday afternoon, we're broadcasting from the First Bank Studio right here in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. First Bank sponsoring our two-hour event next Friday afternoon in Midtown. We'll be at Fuzzy's Tacos. I know Kelly always gets a smile on his face when we – when we broadcast from down there, we're looking forward to going to have a, a great lineup of guests, and we'll be announcing that later in the week. Great guest on the show today, Jeremy McLean, Athletics Director at Southern Miss. Really appreciate the, your openness about that conference discussion. Let's talk a little bit about football scheduling, Jeremy. Everybody likes to hear that, and uh, I don't want to move past this year, but I was I was looking down the schedules. Next year, pretty exciting. you got a really fine Liberty program coming to the Rock, and then you're on the road with uh, Miami and Tulane, and then... 2023, you're at Florida State, at Mississippi State, Tulane at The Rock. 2024, you're at Ohio State, at Troy, Southeast Louisiana at The Rock. And then uh, we've got Mississippi State on the, on the, the 23rd and the 25th, 2023-2025. Yeah. Tulane in 22-23, 26-27, Troy in 24-28-29. I had heard about the Ohio State game. I don't think I had heard about the Florida State game, but that's that's in two yeah. years.
0: Yeah. So that was one that not longer after I got here, we were kind of were able to to connect with those guys and, and and you know and we've been I enjoy and our teams and our programs enjoy going to Tuscaloosa and and Auburn and, and Baton Rouge and those are things we will continue to do, but we just felt like hey let's let's do something a little bit different. We haven't been to. Of course, we got the history of playing Florida State uh, from a program standpoint, but had not done that in a while, so it felt like a really good opportunity to re-engage with those guys. Things lined up from a date standpoint, uh, and then, like you said, the Ohio State—that's uh, a—that's a unique trip, I think, that that our guys can get excited about. That uh, you know, when we talk to recruits; you can talk about uh, going up there and playing those guys, and, and then, like you you said, Miami as well. So, so you're trying to to really find games that are you know exciting from fan base. From a player standpoint, um, but it was a little bit of a deviation from what we've done for the past decade,
1: and I just felt like we needed that.
2: I think that's a great break from SEC schools to some of these different schools.
1: Well, in Florida State now, in particular, they stink, so it's good. It's a good time to, it's a good time to get Florida State on yeah. the schedule. What about some Big Twelve teams, Jeremy?
0: Yeah, you know we've had some discussion. Um, it's it's not as easy of a fit uh, for us. And and so, uh, you know, and I think too, Kelly, I want you know, I need to be upfront about this. We still have to make the budget work, right? And so, um, that begins to eliminate about half the Power Five when we start down that path and say, okay, here is a number we can make work. uh, Who who fits into this? Who who who's in the market? You know, in this market to pay this amount of money. Um, And so it does eliminate some of those Big 12 schools. But we have had some discussion with some of them, and I I would definitely be open to that.
2: A couple things that I really liked. I I like seeing these games with Troy, three more games in the future, 24-28-29, four upcoming games with Tulane, and two with Mississippi State. So those are some pretty familiar names coming back on the schedule, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, and it kind of fits into what what we've talked about, our philosophy being from the beginning, and that is trying to create regional opportunities, places where our fans can drive to, where – You know, we're going to recruit kids, you know, from in our our footprint and and so where their families can go and see us. And so, you know, we're going to keep trying to do that. But while we don't have South Alabama on the schedule right now, we're trying to do that as well in the future. and So we're going to continue to try to play those regional rivalries. And, you know, I respect Mississippi State a whole lot for for stepping up and and, and being willing to play us, a home and home. And, uh, you know, so those things, you know, it allows us to put together a schedule that I think really – is good for our program, good for our fan base, you know, and, and gives our, our, our current student athletes and our recruits that are coming in. Something to be excited
1: about, and, and and who knows in the in the near future, Troy and South Al could be conference games. Mm. Could be, could be. Mm. But I want uh, I want to ask you about the the payoff at Alabama, Jeremy, and how all that is is negotiated. You know, because it used to be, you know, years ago it was an eight hundred thousand dollar payout, yeah. and it got to be like a million, and now it's how how is I guess the market determines how much a road team is worth to go to these uh, these mega schools like that.
0: Yeah, it it, it really does, and so different institutions are willing to play different amounts, obviously it's like any market. And so really right at the two million dollar mark is kinda of where the where the market has, has topped out. And um, so there are a group of programs that will pay one point five to two million. There's a group of programs that will pay um, eight hundred to one point four. And and so it really is a you know it's market driven and we had just a little bit of a pullback kinda of as we're going through COVID. I think the market tried to pull back a little bit when it comes to those type of games. But I suspect that will kind of flatten out again and, and, and we'll get back to what we've seen in the past. But, yeah, it's really market-driven and what programs can afford. You know, when you're when you're Alabama and you're putting 107,000 people in the stands and whatever you're making each home game, you can afford uh, to go out and spend a little more money and get the teams you want to, to come play you.
2: Now, speaking of Alabama, kudos to the to the staff. It got a lot of publicity. I, I know you're aware of it. Some Alabama TV stations picked it up at – and how first-class Southern Miss folks were, and they left the Alabama visitors' locker room as clean as it was when they came in it after a rough night. Apparently, from what I read in the article, a lot of schools don't do that, but yours did, Jeremy, and I thought it was a really classy act.
0: Well, and I appreciate that, and I'm glad it got attention. I mean, that's something our guys, are, and I need to give Ryan Robertson a ton of credit a new equipment manager who's been with us since the summer. He and his staff make sure that when they leave, uh, things are 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 you know just as as nice as when we got there, and so you know that 's going to do that 's going to be something we do every every place and uh, I appreciate his staff i 'm very proud of them we got a a lot of people doing the little things right, and that 's a small example, but there are examples every day within our building and within our programs, and that will pay dividends and sure. so while it seems like a small thing. It's important to us that we're doing those things right.
2: Right. One more question about scheduling, and I completely agree with you. Lots of respect to Mississippi State University for scheduling these home and homes, and I, and I almost hesitate to bring this up, but have there been any discussions with Ole Miss? Does Ole Miss seem to have any renewed interest at all in playing?
0: Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I want to be careful how I answer that. Um, I would love. I would love for that to happen, and and you know. It, Try to initiate some of those conversations. We're not there yet, um, but I'm hopeful that someday we will get there and that uh, we can, you know, we can agree that that makes sense. We're not there yet, but uh, we'll 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 hopefully continue to have those conversations.
2: All right, one more question for me, and then Kelly may have one more for you. What, we we try our best on this show to uh, focus some light to on the sports that get less attention. And we've been talking a lot uh, here in the last few weeks about the golf team, about the soccer team, about the cross country team, and how great those kids are doing. No one ever pays much attention to that. We do on this show, and we wanted to give you an opportunity to comment on on those coaches and and those kids, which are a big part of the program.
0: Yeah, thank you, and and I appreciate the fact that you guys don't ever gloss over that. They are working extremely hard, hard hard as anyone, right? And and. So, Coach Moe and his staff and our, our soccer student athletes have done a phenomenal job to begin this year and, and have really set themselves up well in conference play, leading the West right now. They got a big match at home against UAB today. And so, so they are off to a great start and doing really, really good things. And, you know, this, this is a, a, a soccer program that not too long ago was, we were, we were really just trying to be competitive. And now we've really elevated our game and, and, and are competing for championships. Our men's golf program had a fantastic tournament this past week. Finished second in in a really, really, really strong field, only losing to the home team. Um, and, and so, just really proud of what Eddie's doing there on the on the men's golf side. And then cross country, you mentioned. I think they're off to a great start. We got a brand new coach there who's doing really, really good things. And and so, really proud of kind of how we've started the fall uh, with all of our sports. And uh, just you know, want to carry that momentum uh, throughout the year. And you know. Obviously, we've got football with a big couple of weeks coming ahead of us here. And so we right. want to we want to continue that momentum and hopefully get them going as well. And just a lot of really good things happening uh, around our, our department.
1: Real quick, Jeremy, in about 30 seconds before we go to commercial break, can you update us on the, the tax that the city of Hattiesburg implemented for improvements to regreen? green? Yep. How much has that brought in and, and how's that going? Yep.
0: Thanks for asking. We're, uh, we're a little over three million and we've kind of held on to that, to let that build up a little bit. But we have signed a contract with an architect to begin the planning phase of that. We're working on that on a daily, weekly basis, uh, trying to begin to make decisions on how that money needs to be spent. Uh, you know, our plan is, is well beyond three million dollars. We're planning on adding some to that and, you know, getting into that 10 to 15 million dollar range. So we are in the planning phase right now and we should be able to share some of that publicly. Uh, over the next few months as we as we get a little deeper into that
2: that that's important, Jeremy. We had to have about thirty seconds because basketball basketball can be a huge revenue generating sport. am I right about that? Yes,
0: oh absolutely you know from a from a fan standpoint, but also from a you know success is rewarded when we talk about basketball at this level,
2: yeah, so improving the basketball program is to the entire department's benefit, correct. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and and again, there are very few sports at the NCA, kind of within the NCA, that can allow you to generate that kind of revenue. But but men's basketball, and especially men's basketball, uh, allows for some serious revenue generation if if uh, if you can find a way to be successful at a high level. And you know, renovating our facility is a huge piece of that, and to be able to recruit uh, the young men and women we want to recruit to our programs.
2: We're very grateful to you, Jeremy. You always – you've never told us no about coming on the Eagle Hour, and for that we're very, very grateful and and very glad that uh, the athletic program is in your hands. Thank you for your time.
0: Appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot.
2: All right. Jeremy McLean, everybody, athletics director. That's not just bloviation there, Kelly. Never before have we had a more open, honest – Accessible athletics director than this man.
1: Well, I would look up bloviation in the dictionary, but I can't see the dictionary through my Ray Bans. It's a little dark. Kelly
2: with his Cincinnati Bengal outfit on, Ray Ban sunglasses. God help us if they keep winning. We'll be back.
1: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss
2: to the top. Well, we want to thank Athletics Director Jeremy McLean for joining us uh, during the Eagle Hour first half as Kelly continues to sit across. I I wish we had TV. He's dressed like a, a a big pumpkin because he's dressed in Bengal stuff.
1: The great pumpkin, Charlie. He's Brown. got on
2: a Bengal shirt, which is orange, black shorts, and Ray Ban sunglasses, and he's been wearing them since he walked in the building. Three and one, Sander. How about that? How about that? Three and one.
1: But but and and what did I say yesterday at Bocoma Casino? I said the Bengals will not cover, and you were right. And if they do win. Evan McPherson will have to kick a field goal to win it in the waning seconds, and that is exactly that
2: is exactly what happened. I'm telling you, I know that franchise like the like the back of my hand. Shouldn't the uh, you and I don't make millions of dollars, obviously covering uh coaching football, but shouldn't the should the Jaguars have taken that chip shot field goal at halftime and gone in with a three score lead? I would have. I would
1: have. Because, I mean, I know three isn't seven, but but you're right. It would have made it a three-possession, three-score game. Right. But, and I know on the other side of the coin, they were probably thinking, gosh, what at this point do we have to lose? Well,
2: And I guess that was it. Maybe they thought they could put the game away if they scored another. And they came up a half a yard short.
1: And you always hear the players saying, well, when coach, when we go for it like that, the coach is telling him he's got confidence in his players.
2: Yeah. Well. Well, it didn't work out. No, but.
1: it didn't, but. Yeah. But they are, I agree with Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars are a lot better than their 0-3 record indicates.
2: They're improving, no question. I want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill. Uh, it's a great place to go this weekend. If you want to catch the Golden Eagles and Rice tomorrow at 530, I guarantee you that'll be on the TV. A lot of good food to eat, a lot of good cold beer and mixed drinks, uh, pool tables, uh, all sorts of fun activities. Uh, Kelly enjoys a lot of Southern Miss football there, and it's a great place to go. And-
1: yeah, and everybody's, you know, either – Young or old, Southern Miss fans, you know, and the old, the older folks get to share the stories with the younger kids, and they soak it up.
2: Want well, to thank Jeremy McLean for coming on an interesting conversation. I mean, you can read what you choose to read out of his comments about uh, about conference realignment. Here is something we want to share with you, though we did a we did a Twitter poll yesterday on the Eagle Hour Twitter page. Uh, got right at four hundred people responding uh, as of now, and uh, and the question was Would would you like to see Southern Miss a move to the Sun Belt, the AAC, stay in Conference USA, or go independent. Well, 3.5% uh, want the Golden Eagles to become an independent. 4.4% 4. 4. 4. say stay in Conference USA. 32.3% say move to the AAC. Kelly Sander, 59.9% of the people who responded to the polls say move to the Sun Belt.
1: We've been saying, you and I have been saying that for three years. Um, and and I agree with Jeremy's uh, thoughts that the Sun Belt has had great leadership, and that conference has gone nothing but done nothing but gone up. You know, in people's let's just put it this way, stock value. I think the Sun Belt you know has has gone way up. So, you know, who knows how all this is gonna is gonna shake out? But uh, if it happens that Southern Miss winds up moving to the Sun Belt, I, for one, would be happy about that.
2: Well, and here's what he said that I think is the biggest takeaway that we'll have an, – and tell me if I misunderstood this – we will have an answer by the end of the calendar year.
1: If something's going to happen.
2: If something's yeah, going to happen. It would
1: be by the end of the calendar year. Which is
2: and, not but, that long
1: now. No, but what's, but what's intriguing, and we didn't get you know, we didn't get asked Jeremy this on the air, just today, Bob, you can see all over legitimate media – that several big name schools, noteworthy schools have told the AAC no thank you. All right? And the problem with that is it's kind of like when you apply for jobs and you tell two or three people no, well then everybody else starts asking, well, there's got to be something there's got to be something wrong with this because everybody right. else has turned them down. So the AAC, has been was turned down today by like five or six schools that said you know no thank you so you got to wonder what's going on with the ACC or or why and it could be it could be to what Jeremy was saying when you look at any conference decision you're looking at a ten or twenty year you know commitment all right so is there something in the AAC uh, dialogue or or footprint that that just doesn't work with these other schools or what are they waiting for if not the AAC.
2: And the more that turn them down, the less attractive the conference starts looking to other people.
1: And, and I think you know the question that the AAC is going well. What's going to happen to Memphis? All right, Memphis. But Memphis is almost. Memphis has openly
2: said they they want to move. They want to go to the Big Twelve.
1: And you know Cincinnati's already gone. Central Florida's gone. Yeah. You know, so how how is the rest of this all going to shake out? And people love this, you know, including including us. We love. Being able to speculate on all this kind well, of stuff. Well, I think
2: stuff. Jeremy even implied that he kind of finds it humorous to uh, to watch all the rumors on social media. But he understands it. Of course, he does.
1: Yeah, yeah. like coaching searches too. You know, one are.
2: thing we can one thing we can say without argument is the athletic program is in really good hands right now. This this guy, he was the right guy at the right time for this job, in my view. Well, if he just wouldn't slack. So much. <laughs> he hadn't had much to do since he got there.
1: was right? The poor guy he's had to hire about 15 coaches and, and then deal with all this stuff and negotiate the beer deal and expansion of the rock and improvements at Reed Green Coliseum. The Meanwhile,
2: poor COVID wipes out an entire year of your money. Oh, yeah, there's that. Yeah, there was that. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, the poor guy hasn't had a chance to slow down, so we just hope he doesn't work himself to death.
2: Not to beat a dead horse about about uh, the Sun Belt, and it may not happen. Let it. Let us say that you know it. Nothing may happen. Uh, we talk a lot about football, but I got to tell you, dude, and you know I'm a big college baseball fan. That would be a heck of a. That would be a heck of a conference to play baseball in. Are you kidding? That I mean, be, it would be fantastic.
1: You got the former national champions of Coastal Carolina, right? You got Louisiana Lafayette, right? You got South Al, who we seem to struggle with in everything, right? Right. right. You got over at Louisiana Monroe. You've got a, a much improved uh, program there with Mike Federico. A you
2: Program know, on the move at
1: the at the helm. Um,
2: Georgia Southern plays good baseball. Rodney
1: Hennon, we've talked about him, and Georgia State in in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, all the perfect game and baseball factory and events that are over there in the Atlanta area. So that's that's a big hotbed for baseball. Yeah. So if you're a baseball fan and it happens to work out this way, um, wow. I mean, wow. You, the value of a season ticket just went up about 300%.
2: Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, and I, and I certainly don't want you to try to speak for Jeremy McClain because he spoke for himself, but – what impression did what impression did you leave with as to how he's thinking about all of this?
1: And he mentioned it, that, he, that he's open to these discussions. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think if you just look at what is happening with Conference USA, which is what? Nothing. Right. So if, if you if you stand still, you're going to get left behind because the world is moving no matter what you're doing. So I think he's got a plan A, and I think he's got a plan B, and, and maybe even in an extreme case, a plan C. What those are, uh, we, we don't know at this point. But I think, he's, I think he's been, and I think he'll continue to be proactive. And, and like he said, by the end of the calendar year, good news or bad, We're going to know what the future is for Southern Miss Athletics.
2: Here's what I agree with you completely about. And, of course, he. let me emphasize, he didn't reveal that to us, and nor did we expect him to. I think he does have a plan A and a plan B. And I think Jeremy is ahead of the game. I don't think he's going to play defense on this. I think he's going to play offense. Now, you can play offense all day long, and maybe nothing happens. I I certainly understand that. But – isn't it refreshing and isn't it a change of pace from what we've seen in recent years the leadership of the athletic program to have a proactive athletics director when it comes to potential conference realignment.
1: Well in fairness Bob you know the old school guys we've talked about old school athletic directors used to used to look upon the media as adversaries. We don't want to talk to them. You know we don't want to, they don't, they don't need to know our business. Well I think Jeremy's a new age kind of guy that realizes that that the media doesn't want to be adversarial we'd love to be able to ask you the question and answer the questions as you see fit we've never edited anything that jeremy mcclain has said and i think i think deep down inside he knows that we have a job to do and and in exchange for him understanding we have a job to do we give him the latitude to say whatever he wants to say and that's all anybody can expect. So we just didn't know about a lot of the ex-athletic directors because they just generally wouldn't, wouldn't talk.
2: talk. right? And let me say this. Kelly and I worked inside this business a long time, so it means more to, I guess, us than it would the average uh, listener. But, man, we really appreciate a guy who will come on. Never, one, He's never one time, never one time said before we went on the air, now what are you guys going to ask me about? He knew what we were going to ask him about today. When we asked for the interview, he he accepted the invitation just like he has every single time we've asked. And you were sitting here with me. He did not ask one question about, well, what do you guys fix to throw at me?
1: And again, in exchange, we give him the latitude to say what he wants to say. We don't edit it.
2: Right. You know,
1: Uh, there was one one interview we did with him uh, not long ago. Where one particular sport at Southern Miss has really been having some growing pains, and you could tell that he was tired of answering questions about that, but he did. But he did, and he, and it, you know, with dignity and grace, and we moved
2: on. All right, we'll see how it plays out. I'm sure there'll be lots more to talk about here, and as Kelly puts the shades back on. All right, Kelly, we're going to do picks when we come back here. That's not beneath you now. Now that your team is three and one. Is oh
1: well, it? these other NFL teams are just playing
2: for second place anyway. <laughs> gotcha. Kelly's making Super Bowl plans, I guess you can tell. We'll be back. The top. To the top, you're tuned
1: in to the Eagle Hour.
2: D1, D-Bat, place to go for athletic training. Uh, D1 provides athletic training for adults and kids and college students and every sport. D-Bat, baseball, softball, great indoor facilities, great trainers, great programs to fit any need, any budget. D1, D-Bat on Hardy Street. All right, we enter the last segment on Friday It's when we do our picks, and i it's crushes me to say that so far Kelly leads the pack. He's 32 and 14. I'm right on his heels. 31 and 15. Luke, sucking at third place. 30 and 16. Two games out of first. Yes, our (laughs) our guests are 27 and 8. Michael Murgitz, who's here from time to time, is 16 and 6. So all right, let's go, Kelly. has got his shades back on. Can you see everything okay, Kelly? I can hear you anyway, Bob. Okay, I got you. All right, <laughs> Kelly. Three and one. Charlotte is at one and four, Illinois of the Big Ten. Uh Luke is going with Illinois.
1: Yeah, that's that's the, the, the you would think the pick, but I I've got a really funny feeling about this one. It might be the shrimp salad I had for lunch, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take
2: Charlotte. I'm gonna take Charlotte
1: to beat Illinois.
2: You know, I like Charlotte too. And Illinois is one and four. Right. Charlotte's three and one. I'm I'm going to go with the 49ers. Okay, is that okay? Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. The Battle of Florida, one and three. Florida International Kelly against two and two. FAU Luke picks FAU.
1: Yeah, Florida International is just a mess. I mean, who would have ever thought Butch Davis, you know, going there it would wind. Up. They haven't gotten better. They've gotten worse. I'll take FAU as well.
2: All right. keep talking, Kelly. I'm, I'm making notes here. I want to make sure we keep up with our.
1: Yeah, the owls.
2: So you and I are both with FAU.
1: Yeah, well, so is Luke. So that's a a clean sweep for the owls. All right, here Those we go. are the only owls I'm picking today. I might add.
2: There we go. UNLV is zero and four. Texas San Antonio may be the best team in the league. Four and zero.
1: Yeah, that game is at San Antonio. I think. In in the power ratings you were talking about earlier, UNLV is in the bottom ten. So I'll take the Roadrunners to keep it keep
2: it undefeated. Luke and I join him. Everybody picking UTSA. Louisiana Tech two and two. North Carolina State that just beat Clemson, three and one.
1: I think. North Carolina State will win the game, but I think uh, Louisiana Tech, according to the oddsmakers at Bocoma, are two underdog touchdowns. I think Louisiana Tech will cover, but I think NC State will win the game.
2: Luke agrees. All three of us agree we're all picking North Carolina State. 2-2 and Marshall Kelly is at 1-3 and Middle Tennessee. Let's see what uh, Luke is picking here. Let me see if I can find it. He's not in the same order we're in. I'm not a a big fan. Well, he's not on there. He didn't pick that game. Well, I'm sorry, he did. Uh, Luke is with Marshall.
1: I'm, I'm taking Marshall, too. I just don't think very highly of uh, Middle Tennessee. No. Uh, and I think Coach Stock might be in a little bit of trouble up there after 15 years. We'll see.
2: Here's the game of the week. 3-1 and one Liberty is at 3-1 and one UAB.
1: Yeah, that is a good one, isn't it? Um, I think Liberty's good, but I don't think they're quite as good as UAB and UAB's at home. I'm going to take the Blazers.
2: All right. Uh, Luke is going with the Blazers. I... Ah, that's where I'm going to catch you. You're going to go with the flames. I'm going with the flames. Okay, that's one and two Western Kentucky at four and oh Michigan State. That seems to be a pretty easy one there.
1: Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. Although Western Kentucky did give Indiana all it wanted last week, albeit at Bowling Green. But this one is uh, way up north. I'll take Sparty.
2: Well, I'll, I'm with you there. Uh, Old Dominion is at UTEP. ODU is one and three, and UTEP is three and one.
1: That is that's hard to believe, but when you look at who UTEP has beaten, it isn't so hard to believe. Um Old Dominion is has been very disappointing so far this year. God, can I dare take the miners? Yeah, I guess
2: I have to. All right, it's a clean a clean sweep. All three of us are going for UTEP. That would put them four and one when they come in here uh next weekend. Well four and two
1: for them would still be pretty good. Yeah. And that's what it's going to happen. They're going to lose next week.
2: All right, and here's the last one, of course. 1-3 Southern Miss, 1-3 and Rice. I like, and again, I
1: think I said earlier this week, had the Eagles not played as well against Alabama, I'd probably take the Owls. I think Southern Miss goes on the road and wins against Rice.
2: And I'm with you. I think it's a clean sweep for the Golden Eagles. I think they're going to play well this weekend. And I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it, Kelly. I'm going to feel really good Saturday night. These kids deserve to have something good happen to them. And I'm going to say what I said last week. These are our kids. These are the kids that choose to come here and live and play Hattiesburg, South Mississippi, support these kids at Southern Miss. Yeah. They, they win at Rice and
1: Rice to have the nerve on all of their publications saying to the top. Yeah, you know Owls to the top. Come on, I got get, news for them. This isn't a debate. Yeah, get a, get original, right? <laughs> yeah. So the Eagles go to Houston, win that one, then they come back for a big homecoming. Weekend. Houston, Houston. Oh, oh sorry about yeah. that. And then we knock off uh, UTEP next week, and then you know okay. who knows uh, what's going to happen.
2: Quickly, Lions at the Bears. Uh, you Luke goes with the Bears. Yeah, the Lions played well last week, but I think you gotta go with the Bears. The Bears, I'm with them too. Uh the Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins at the Atlanta Falcons.
1: The Washington football team, formerly known as an NFL team. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Uh, neither one of those teams are very good right now. Um but I'll take the Redskins I'll take Washington.
2: Excuse the Redskins. Washington. All right. And the Giants, he just absolutely, they even lost to the Redskins or at the Saints. It's pretty easy.
1: One. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, Joe Judge, who coaches the Giants, used to coach at Mississippi State.
2: He may be there again pretty soon. Yeah, maybe. The right
1: may yeah. And they got some extra money in the SEC to hire people for, well, he'd for whatever. he have to take
2: a pay cut to go. So oh, for I'm sure. I'm sure that he's willing to do that. Okay. That wraps it up. Great show. Great conversation yeah, today indeed. with Jeremy. We really are grateful to him for that. Got lots of stuff planned for you next week. Uh, Heath Hinton will be with us Monday. To analyze the game. Also, uh Picasso Picasso Nelson. Nelson is yeah. gonna be on the show Monday too, so that'll be good. Hope you have a happy and safe weekend. Go Eagles and Southern Miss. To the top. The Time keeps on slipping seven, seven into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea.